bus it to work, have fun on the school bus and, and get some Christian education. So that's really awesome. So thank you for coming and sharing that opportunity with us. So good. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yes. Me too. So why don't we uh, stand up to honour the Word and we're going to pray together. All right. Wonderful Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for your goodness. I thank you for the chance to be together today as your body and your people. Lord, I'm asking right now that you would anoint me, that you would just totally take over. And that, Father, we would each hear from the Holy Spirit today what we need to hear, that you would do your work in your church, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change our lives, that you would meet with us today, and that we would not leave here the way we came. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. I forgot to send our kids out, sorry. Um, so that you both can be seated, and while you're doing that, the children are free to go to their programming. If they haven't already snuck out, you might have already snuck out. No, there they go. <laughs> so thank you. Can I go? Awesome. Yes, you can go, sweetheart. I don't need the power. For the song? Um, no, you can do it. There you go. I just tell her. Sure. Thank you, darling. My, my 10 year old son's doing an awesome job on the sound desk back there. So, great to see you. Well done. Yeah. I think Em knows what to do, it's all good. Oh no, no the if you could just see him for a moment, he wants to oh, show yeah. you some technical stuff. All good. Okay, can you turn in your Bibles to the book of Judges, please? How many brought your Bibles with you? Ah, that's so good. Hey, can I just see the Bibles? Something really awesome about, look at that, hey? Woo, oh, look at all the electronic ones. We're here. I know they're good too, huh? Except for when your phone runs out of battery. Bless the Lord. All right. So Judges chapter 6. I want to talk to you today, today about breaking and forsaking false gods. Breaking and forsaking false gods. And uh, we're going to start by looking at the account of when God raised up Gideon. But we're going to go through a big chunk of scripture together, so I hope you're ready. Um, but I, there wasn't any parts that I could leave out, so I'm sorry. We're, we're doing all right. All right. So we're going to start in verse 1 because that seems like a good place to start. Uh, Judges 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. 
For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 7, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. I want to tell you, sometimes our troubles are not the plans of the enemy, they're our own making. Israel was in terrible trouble because they had forgotten who was their God. I remember some years ago, I was in a, a job that I just didn't feel like I really clicked with. It really didn't feel like the right fit for me. But I persevered because I was told that I could make a good income in this job and I was thinking of what a blessing I could be to the body of Christ. So I kept persevering and every day I would pray that the Lord's favour would come upon me, that he would bless me in this job, that I could be a great blessing. And I need to tell you that every day got worse and worse and worse until eventually I had to completely give up that job. Why? Sometimes we say, I've got a good idea, God, can you bless it? I'm sure it's a good idea. You want me to be a blessing, don't you? God doesn't want us to come up with the good ideas for him to bless. He actually wants us to say, God, where are you moving? What are you doing? Where do you want me? And when we position ourselves in the center of his will, the blessing comes. But Israel had gotten obsessed with the gods of the land they dwelt in. Their attention and affection had been taken off of the true God and they were completely absorbed in the gods of the land in which they dwelt. These little gods were very inferior. Obviously, they had no ability to protect them from their enemies. But still they stroke seven years, it says, this was going on. I can't imagine planting a veggie garden and every year your enemy comes and steals all your vegetables, tramples them into the ground, knocks over your tomato vines, not the tomatoes. Anyway. But, you know, like, how many of us have been finding things really a struggle, but we're not turning our eyes to God, we're almost raging against him. Why are you letting this happen to me? Why are these things going on? Why isn't this working? Where is your promise? I thought you were a good God. And yet... Israel's affection was no longer with the true God. 
They had made idols and began to worship them. You know, we make idols of things all the time. How can you tell if something is an idol in your life? Well, it's what's exalted. What gets the attention in your world? So many years ago, early in our marriage, Jeremy and I were watching a, uh, a TV series. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, it's action and suspense and mystery and all of that. And there wasn't any swearing and there weren't any bad scenes. But, oh, that thing was full of fear. You know shows that are full of fear? They have the music to go with it. I often wonder if you didn't listen to the sound, would that, would that be scary? But anyway. I digress. So, um, but it occurred to me one day, the Lord spoke to me and said, if something comes into your life that you need to stand on the word of God for, you've been putting so much of this fear-based program in you, you're not going to have the ability to have faith when you need it. And I was like, whoa, that show's got to go. Sure, it may not have had swearing and whatever else, bad scenes, but it was a fear-based program and I was feeding my life on fear. Anything can become an idol to us, can take the place of God. Did you know your worries can become your idol? They can have all your time and affection and attention. Your worries, your anxieties, what have we made into a God in our life? What has taken his place? This is the state Israel was in. Finally, though, they cry out to the Lord and God sends a prophet and he reminds them of something. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like before you met me? Do you remember what it was like before you had Jesus in your life? Before the lights came on inside of you? Do you remember the feeling of shame and guilt that would never go away? Do you remember the anger you used to deal with? The Egypt you used to live in? The bondage you used to be in? Do you remember I was the one who delivered you? I set you free. I, I set you free from the hand of all who oppressed you. And I gave you your own land and inheritance. That was me. I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Something happened to Israel. They had a conviction come upon them. I need to return to my true God, the God of my fathers. I need to return to God, the God who loved me, who delivered me from Egypt, who gave me my own land, my own inheritance. I need to return to that God. And they began to have a repentant heart. And out of that, let's have a look at verse 11, what happens. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, Ophrah, sorry, uh, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midians. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, 
If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I want to pause here for a minute. How many of you have ever wondered the same thing? Where are all the miracles which we've read about, which the Bible told us about? Hey, uh, we read that God parted the Red Sea. Like that, that went down in history books. We, we read that Jesus touched an unclean leper and that leper's skin was restored. That rotting flesh became like a baby's skin. We, we read that, that Jesus put mud on the, took mud from the ground and, and put the clay on the eyes of a blind man and sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam. And, and when he washed the clay off, he could see. I have a story, uh, an incredible encounter that my mum had on my behalf when I was a small child. I was at home. There was a Sunday night service on at the church, and I lived in Kingaroy, but we went to church in a town called Menengo. Some of you may be familiar with those areas. My mum had stayed home with me. I had a severe asthma uh, attack. I, I was very sick. And my dad and my sister had gone to church. And my mum was sitting beside my bed. She said she sensed a dark presence come into the room and she saw my face go completely grey and then blue. I stopped breathing and she cried out, Oh, God, save my daughter. What she didn't know was right then, a lady in the church at Nanango just stood up and said, Sorry, Pastor. I've just seen a vision of a dark cloud over the Ballon household. Can we please pray? So the pastor said yes. The whole church stopped and they began to pray for me. Well, in that moment, my mum said that all of a sudden, after not breathing, being blue, that I took a great big gasp of air and she said she felt something just go through the roof. And I was... Alive and well, I rolled over and went into a sound sleep. You see, God still does miracles today. But if we're not seeing miracles as confirming his word, then what is the problem? This is Gideon's quandary. God is showing up and he's saying, hey, I am with you. And he goes, no, that doesn't add up. If God, if you were with us, why are we in bondage? Why is our enemies coming and taking all of our sustenance? Why have we got all these troubles on every side? If you're with us, where is the miracles that you, our fathers told us about? I think you've forsaken us. Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'm never going to forsake you or leave you. So if we feel forsaken, it's because we are not listening to his voice. 
have plenty of voices that try and go on in our head. Fear likes to have a strong voice. Doubt, unbelief. The flesh likes to have a strong voice. I've just done some business with my flesh this week. It's called crucifixion. And I've never felt better. I had something. The scripture says about a people whose God was their belly. I've always wondered what that meant. The Lord showed me it's the fleshly desires. Now, for me, last week, my fleshly desire, I don't know why, but was for ice cream. In the morning, I feel like ice cream. Hallelujah. After work, I feel like ice cream. I could make it spiritual. Mmm, I feasted on the good cream of the land. It's good. Remember when the disciples very sheepishly came to Jesus and said, uh, hey, there's this boy with this demon and um, we can't cast him out. Jesus casts the demon out of the boy and sets him free and the disciples say, well, what went wrong? Why couldn't we do that? And he said, well, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And I, I had this realisation Friday night. I can have my ice cream, but what if something happens tomorrow that I need to be in the spirit for? That I need to be prayed up and fasted up and ready for? So I'm telling you, I got out the nails and the hammer, and I said, flesh, you're going on the cross, and the ice cream's going with you. Well, do you know what? The next day, my husband wasn't feeling 100% in the morning. I went to netball with Melody. She rolled her ankle badly. We ended up at the hospital, and um, she needed crutches. While we're at the hospital, there was another couple there, and they were in distress. They needed support in prayer. Marion came and sat with us and got to speak to a lady next to us about Jesus and coming to church. And, and then on my way home, Timothy messages me and says, Mom, I'm feeling really sick and I feel like I've got such a bad headache and I'm just not well. And then I have someone wanting to, to phone and talk to me. And it was all happening at the same time. By the time I got home, Jeremy was in bed really unwell. Timothy was beady-eyed and curled up on the lounge. And, and Melody's hobbling in with crutches. And, and it was like, that's why the ice cream had to go. Because I needed to have my flesh in its place so that my spirit man could hear from God. And so miracles could happen. I... I prayed, God gave me wisdom for my son. He said, Mom, I've got this pain behind my eyes. I go, I'm in so much pain. What's going on with my eyes, Mom? I said, son, I think you've got a migraine. I said, roll over. He's on the bed. I said, roll over. Let me give you a massage. Steve had taught me how to do a, a massage to release migraines, and I did that, and I prayed over him. He said, Mom, the pain's all gone. 
I'm going to go and keep Dad company. <laughs> he felt so much better. He had a good night's sleep. It was awesome. And we got to have the opportunity. Adrian and Alicia came and stayed at my place last night and we had the opportunity to pray. And I mean pray for all these different things. And we had uh, Helen Kent. She wanted to talk to me about their journeys. They're in Alice Springs this morning. They're going to church there. And uh, I said, Helen, you're a prayer warrior. I hope you're having a great trip, but would you mind praying with us? Of course, she didn't mind. So the four of us began to pray in earnest. I can tell you. There was no fear in my heart last night. I had crazy, stupid joy come over me. My husband's sick, my daughter's on crutches, people need prayer, and I'm like, Because <laughs> God hasn't changed. His promises haven't changed. What he said yesterday is just as true today. He's the same God. He's my God. Fear is not my God. He is my God. So Gideon has this heart cry, where are the miracles? Then, verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, I don't know what brought you to church this morning, but I do know that you're meant to be here, every single one of you. And I know something else. The God is wanting to speak to you, if you're willing. He's wanting to send you, equip you with his spirit and send you. But some of you have been running from the call of God on your life. Some of you have been running from him calling you, come, follow me. And you've been going, <laughs> I don't know where that song came from, anyway. <laughs> not interested why why aren't we interested when we hear the voice of God saying hey come follow me come away from your ice cream and eat it why do we go no because there's a part of us that feels like we're going to miss out on some fun something we enjoy something we want to do well I can tell you what Ice cream may be fun as it's going down my throat, but when I can no longer fit my slacks, it ain't so fun anymore. And that is what the other gods do. They entice you. This is what you want. And then they enslave you and they trap you. But our God, when he calls you, come follow me, it's not to trap you, enslave you, ensnare you. It's to set you free. He says, come follow me because I know you better than you know yourself. I've got to tell you a funny story. It was so good. This is how wonderful our God is and how well he knows us individually. Now, he made me, so I blame him entirely for my quirky sense of humour, okay? Um, but I have a quirky sense of humour. And I was driving to one of my clients' place on Wednesday 
and to clean, and, and she lives at the end of a particularly precarious dirt road. And, 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 and it takes all of my faith to get to her house. And by the time I'm there, I usually have only a very short prayer left. Thank you, God. Because it's pothole ridden, it, 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 it's got all the, you know, corrugation, and you jiggle and you wiggle and you uh, and then, oh, there's another pothole, and then you try and avoid that, and it feels like the tire is slipping, and I'm, and I'm doing 40, and I go down to 20, and I'm like, now I'm going to be late. And anyway, I, all the tension comes in your shoulders because you're, like, driving like this. And I'm saying, oh, Lord. Well, I have my favourite worship music playing, and I, I get around the corner, and I'm on this road, and, and I'm not coping very well. And all of a sudden, the worship song was, you are holy, you know that one, holy, are you Lord God, it's always up there, almighty, well, you are holy comes on and, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, yeah, just like this robe. <laughs> I'm sorry, people, but that is my kind of humour. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. The tension went out of my shoulders and I jiggled and I laughed and I wiggled all the way. And I went, oh, hands down. That's the best joke of the day, Lord. That was so good. By the time I got to my client's place, instead of being like, thank God I'm here, it was like, oh, we should do that again. That was so much fun. That was amazing. And then my client tells me that there's a different way to get to her house that's not so bad, and I didn't even have to face that road on the way home because my God is good. If you just let him be your God, you could have the biggest adventure of your life. I mean, wait till you hear what he does with Gideon. He's kind of up there with pretty spectacular Gideon saying, where are the miracles? God's like, you only knew what's about to happen. <sighs> he, he says, go. Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15, so he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? I am the least Sorry, indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. How many feel like you're the least qualified to do what God's called you to do? Anyone know that feeling? Well, you're in the perfect place to be because that doesn't seem to worry God. He didn't ask Gideon for his resume before he chose him. He didn't say to him, what are your qualifications, Gideon? Can we just sit and have a little chat? I'm considering using you for a task, but I'd like to see what your strengths and weaknesses are. God just told him what his strength was. Go in this mind of yours. And Gideon's like, hmm? They're there somewhere. What might? I'm like nothing. Don't you know I'm like the nothing of the nothing? Like, I'm the point, zero, zero. But God says to sit to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Remember, there were so many of them, you couldn't count them. But the difference is not 
in Gideon's might, the difference is in that God was with him. I remember Jesus saying similar words to us, don't you? I am with you for a couple of days. Is that how it went? No, some bit of a longer stretch of time, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I, I am with you until you can do it on your own. Is that what he said? No, come on. What did he say? I am with you always until when? The end of the age. Are we at the end of the age yet? No. He's still with us. He's still with us. I'm with you always. And that changes everything. You see, if you're with the little God, little G God, oh, it's hard work. It, it's relying on your ability to please your God. But if you're with big G God, it's so different. He said, I am with you. That changes everything. So, giant, hi. Have you met my God? Uh, you'll, you'll have to crane your neck a little, sorry. I know you're tall, but keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. It's Jesus. You gotta check him out. When you know God is with you. Well, Gideon, he wants to make sure he gets his, he, he asks if he can put out a fleece, but that's in a little while. I want to get to verse 19, and I'd like my ushers, if they would please, uh, well, I know we don't have a roster, so if I've got a couple of willing volunteers, uh, to just help pass communion out. We're going to take communion around this point. And um, if you want to keep reading with me, verse 17 then Gideon said to him, If now I found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. Verse 19, So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. All right, so people who've um, been a little bit familiar with their Bibles, what does unleavened bread and a goat or a lamb remind you of? Passover. The day that God passed over the Israelites, they put the blood on the doorpost, they ate the lamb, they had unleavened bread, and the angel of death passed over them. But also the day, the very evening that Jesus partook of Passover, he knew the next day he would become the Passover lamb, that he would die in our place. This is what Gideon chooses to put before the Lord. Oh, you ready for this? The meat he put in a basket, he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to him who sat under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose up out of the rock. 
Fire rose up out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day it is still there in all faith. Gideon presented the bread and the lamb before the angel of the Lord. This, he said, this is going to be the sign that I need to know that this is actually God who's talking to me. Today, I feel some of you need to, to take these emblems and you need to present it before the Lord. And you need to say, Lord, you shed your blood for me. That's what I'm going to stand behind. Your body was broken for me because of my sin and my wickedness and the filthy choices that I made. And that's what I'm going to stand behind. Gideon went into a new position out of this sacrifice. God wants to raise each and every one of you up to be men and women of God. And he wants you to do so not on your effort, but based on his sacrifice. That's what we stand on. Not our own worthiness, but the fact that Jesus made us clean when we believed in him. That he washed us. Do you know there is not a sin, not one, that was strong enough to withhold and stand against the blood of Jesus, the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Oh, as that old song says, what can wash away my sin? And the answer comes, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Well, what can make me whole again? Nothing, nothing that you could do, but the blood of of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. God's calling you to do something that you cannot do, but he can through you. And the only way you're going to do it is to have a revelation of how much your God loves you. Because it'll change your heart You'll change your affection instead of, oh, ice cream, you beautiful ice cream. It will be Jesus, you beautiful Jesus. Ice cream can never do for me what Jesus does for me. He cleanses me. He forgives me. He heals me. But guess what? He talks to me. He knows me by name. He loves me. You know, my husband has been a tremendous blessing in my life to understand the love of God because he loves me on my good days and my bad days. And he treasures me and he thinks in advance 
of ways to bless me. So long before it's my birthday, he's booked accommodation. He's made secret plans. He's done all these things so that when it's my birthday, all these beautiful things unfold for me. And he does all of that because he loves me. But he doesn't just say it, he demonstrates it. This is what God does. He demonstrated his love. He didn't just say, I love you, but leave us in our filth and sin. He said, I love you, and here's how I'm going to prove it. I am going to become your sin. I am going to take your shame and your place. I am going to hang on a cross where you deserve dying. I'm going to die for you so you can live free and in love with me the way I love you. He demonstrated his love. He carried the weight of the cross. And even on the cross, when he's being rejected, he can hear them casting lots for his clothes beneath him. Can you imagine that? You're there dying on their behalf, and they're so disinterested, all they care about is your clothing and how much money they can fetch for it in the marketplace. Hey, eBay, sales are going to go up. This is the original Jesus Christ jacket. Woohoo! It's unfathomable, but what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He loved us when we were completely unlovable. That is the God we have. That's what he was saying to them. Don't forget, I am the God who brought you up out of Egypt and brought you up out of the house of bondage. I'm the God who sent my only begotten and very much loved son. If you would just believe on him. You won't perish. You will actually have everlasting life. Why don't we stand and honour this moment of communion together? Some of you need to have this moment, like I did on Friday night, where you take your flesh and you say, we're going to the foot of the cross. You know, I'm, I'm not going to let your voice be the loudest voice in my life anymore. I'm not going to let the desires of my flesh be the loudest cry in my ears. And some of you need to remember that you are forgiven. You're not what you once were. You were bought with a price. And some of you in this moment need to actually hear the call of God saying, Come, follow me. Forsake every other God and follow me because I love you and I truly have the best plan for you. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. The name of Jesus, the one who came in the flesh, dwelt among us. We sung about it earlier, Lord. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. You opened our eyes so we could see. Lord, we want to stand in this moment on the very wonderful promise that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. We want to stand on the fact that we are bought with a price, that we are loved beyond measure, 
I want to hear your voice. Come follow me. Fellowship with me. Enter into relationship with me. I want to thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. We want to lay aside our, our false gods and our idols. We want to say, you are our God. We put you back in the rightful place where you belong in our lives. Just when you're ready, why don't you partake of those envelopes? Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. The ashes will come and just collect those empty cups. I'd like to finish off this last bit of Judges. <sighs> so after this amazing encounter around the broken body and the blood spilled out, McGideon has this amazing encounter with God. He hears the Lord's instructions in verse 25, chapter 6, verse 25. Now it came to pass that same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old. Anyone remember at the very start, very first verse, chapter 6, verse 1, anyone remember how long Gideon had been oppressed by the Midianites? You guys were listening. Seven years. Now he's instructed to take the second bull of his father, the one that was seven years old. So this bull represents every year of their rebellion. You're to take that one. And you're to offer a burnt sacrifice, he says. But, sorry, I jumped into verse 26. Let me go back to 25. Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. And verse 28, And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal torn down, and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? Their God was so weak 
he couldn't even defend himself. The wooden statue was now being used as fuel for the fire to the true and living God. Well, they weren't very happy, but Gideon's dad said, well, if Baal is God, then let him defend himself. Good advice, Dad. I just want to read this again, right? Verse 25, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God. On top of this rock, in the proper arrangement, take that bull, offer it as a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you cut down. Joshua came to a place when he said to all the children of Israel, look, we're in the promised land, we're here. There's all these false gods around us. I can't make you serve God. But I can say this to you. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we've made our decision. We're going to serve the Lord. I feel like he's saying today, men in the room, will you draw a line in the sand? Will you stand up and be counted? Will you say, I'm not having the gods of my fathers. I'm going to tear them down and I am going to, in its place, put a sacrifice to the true and living God and, and I'm going to declare that he is God in my home. Listen, I believe there's a fresh anointing coming on every man, every one of you in this room and those who couldn't be here today. We need godly men. We need you to rise up and be who God's called you to be. We need you to be strong in your household, strong influences in our society, people who have integrity and stand up for what is right and, and look after the, the marginalised and the orphaned and those who are um, the outcasts of society. Men, God is calling you just as he called Gideon. He's saying, come, I have a job for you to do. We need you to take your rightful place. Men of God, be encouraged today. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon you to do what he's called you to do. Tear down the old altars. I don't care what it is in your life that, that has been bigger than God to you. But today's the day you say, I'm getting that thing and I'm tearing it down, I'm snapping it, I'm breaking it, I'm stomping on it, I'm going to trample all over it because I'm not going to have any other God other than my God. It's time we let that rise up in our spirit and say, fear, you're not welcome in my home anymore. Get out the door. Shut it and never come back because I am going to believe in the God of heaven and whose miracles have not changed. But when my affection changes, then I begin to see the power of God again. Well, let me tell you how the story goes. I'm sure you already know. It ends up with Gideon and 300 men. The Midianites have come and filled the land again. So many tents. You can't see the end of them. 
no matter what hill you stand on, it just keeps going and going and going, all their camels and donkeys. And, and God says, perfect, Gideon. 300 men and you, just exactly what I need. But by that point, Gideon was so assured that God was with him, it didn't matter that there was 100, 200, 10,000, 100,000, a million. It, that didn't matter because God was with him. And he gets the instruction from heaven what to do. Remember, God said, Gideon, the Midianites will be defeated as if by one man. Yep. One man of God who heard the call of God and got rid of the idols in his life and rose up to obey. And guess what happens? He stations them. Okay, you guys go there and you go over there and can 30 of you or 50 of you go over here well, how are we fighting, Gideon? Well, I want you to take uh, a jug, uh, a torch, and trumpet sounds good. Don't you mean a sword, shield, and spear? No. Okay. And tell you what, when you get there, watch me. Just do what I do. We've we got this. Really? Yeah. So they're watching. Gideon says, oh, by the way, put, put the jug over the top of your torch for now. So they get in position. They're looking at Gideon. And then they see Gideon fiddling with the jug. Next thing they hear, and it crumbles. And they, oh, he broke the jug. Okay, we've got to break it. All these lights appear, all on the hillsides, all around. And then Gideon gets the trumpet. He's looking. And he sounds the shofar. Have you heard a shofar sound? Does something, doesn't it? You want to be on the right side of the shofar, okay? He sounds the shofar, and the others sound the shofar, and it echoes in the valleys and off the mountains, and it sounds like this army of heaven is coming for them, and there's all these lights, and they can't see how many's behind each one of those lights, and they're in the Whoops, oh, sorry, I couldn't see in the dark. And they turn on each other. I'm telling you, when we rise up in the call of God on our life, the enemy is going to fall into his own trap. He is going to turn in such disillusionment and such disarray, and the church of God is going to prevail in the earth because God is with us, and there is a huge harvest awaiting us. He's calling, the Lord of the harvest is calling laborers, come. The harvest is plentiful, but where are all the workers? Come, I have a job for you. I want you to rise up and take your place as the body of Christ with the good news of the gospel of Christ. And that is what we are called to do. He said, go into all the world and preach not anything else except for the gospel. The good news. Preach the good news. Wherever you go, there's good news. You can be free from your sin. You can be free from your chains. You can be free from your past. You can be free from your pain. You can be free from your mental torment. You can be free through Jesus. Preach the good news. 
and make disciples of all nations. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We need to stop, like, going all around like Midian is just sitting there trying to do a little bit of wheat in the wine press. And God says, no, get up and go. I am with you. I have anointed you. I have appointed you. I have called you. Get up and go. Go and reach the lost. Because how many know time is short? We have to bring in the harvest. If we don't bring in the harvest in the season of harvest, the, the harvest is lost. I, uh, I got busy at one stage and I didn't get back into my garden and, well, my tomatoes produced. And guess what? I wasn't home. I was away that week. And I, by the time I got home, they were withered on the vine. Mm. Someone got them. I'm just not sure if it was the birds or the bugs, but they'd helped themselves to the whole lot. And uh, that harvest was lost. If you're not there on point for the harvest and the season of harvest, hey, let's hear the call of heaven and let's rise up and take our place. Pick up the sickle. Let's go. We've got a job to do. God is wanting to mentor us. I believe with all my heart that God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh just as he prophesied. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'm saying, Lord, in our day, in our time, in our hearts, in our lives, in our towns, let it be done. Are you with us? Are you with him? Most importantly, I believe you are. Can I ask the music team to come back up? I want to play you a song. This is what Marion's going to do for me. <laughs> Uh, we yeah. did learn it as a music team, but um, without my Jeremy here, we're 100% sure we could pull it off. So we're just going to play it. But uh, this is an old song, I'm told. I've only just discovered it recently. But I want you to hear the words of this song because this is who our God is. He is the, the pain taker, the way maker, the prison shaker, the chain breaker. Why wouldn't we want to serve him, eh? Hey? Okay. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> no, it is not. Forgive me, Paul. It's all okay. good. And if you can slide it up so the words can come. Yeah. Yeah. Gina's a Look at that. Oh, wow. We're getting in somewhere. We are. Can we have a bit more volume there or not? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, it's a better life. You got 
opportunity this morning. If you haven't committed to serving Jesus Christ, today can be your day. Today can be the day that you get washed clean of your sins, forgiven, set free, have a whole new future, destiny, purpose, a reason for being. Just want you to bow your heads here just in respect to this moment. If you're in this place or you're watching online and you say, hey, Anita, that's me. I, I don't want to serve any other God. I want to follow this Jesus. I've heard his voice today. I know he's saying to me, come, follow me. I just want you to put your hand up. I want you to acknowledge his voice calling you today. Anita, that's me. I want to follow this Jesus. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Anita, that's me. I need to follow Jesus. I need to lay aside my own agenda. I need to embrace the God who loved me enough to die for me. I'd like to pray for you today. Father, you see these people. You said if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Lord, you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that as many as believed on him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So you see these ones here today and those online, Lord, who, Lord, they believe on you. They're putting their trust in you right now. And I thank you for your promise. They are saved in Jesus' name. I also want to pray for people in the room today. If you've got some stuff that you just want to take to the foot of the cross, you feel that, hey, God is calling me, that I need to rise up. Would you just stand to your feet today? I'm in. Count me in. Lord, I'm going to heed your call and I'm going to follow it. I'm going to lay aside everything else. I'm going to be prepared to be part of the harvest. Just like Gideon. Okay, I will go. We'll go in your power, in your anointing. I'll go knowing you are with me. fresh anointing, a fresh call, a clearer ability to hear your voice. Give them soft hearts to be led by you. Father, I'm asking that you would commission them, release them and anoint them into the call and the giftings of God on their life. Lord, that you'd send them out in the power of your Holy Spirit into the harvest field. Father, I thank you 
that these laborers have stepped up. And Lord, I thank you for the harvest that you're bringing in. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, thank you. Hey, go. Go this week in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come with us to Clifton if you can, 2 o'clock. And uh, if you need the address, come and see me. And next week, we're going to have some testimonies in this house. So come prepared because there's going to be some testimonies that are so staggering, you're not going to want to miss them. All right? So can't wait to see you. Our live group's operating throughout the week. Get into a Bible study. And God bless you. Thank you.